This is why we watch the NFL. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The snap, the down, the swing of the right leg. Yeah, baby. It's on its way. Yeah, go! Robbie goes! Matt Gay brings it home! This is why we love the NFL. It is caught by Kelsey! Touchdown! Today's guests, NFL Network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah, Tampa Bay Times Bucks reporter, Rick Stroud, plus your phone calls, overreaction Monday, and more. And now, it's okay. Rich All right, everybody, it's time for this latest edition of the Rich Eisen Show here in Los Angeles, California, home of Super Bowl 56, and now the NFC championship game good to see you over there christopher brockman sir mike del tufo how are you guys i mean come on are you kidding me this was a great thing tj jefferson good to see you in your spot sir that's some great football yesterday and on saturday well mostly last the candles lit figuratively for the rich eisen show one of those days where we could do this for six hours we only have three we talking playoffs or what we certainly are (laughs) we certainly are we certainly are and, um, oh, my gosh. Let's jump into this with both feet, shall oh, we? Yes. Let's go, man. Best weekend of football I've ever seen. And, you know, we Never. can always say in a job like this, on shows like this, and we were in uh, the NFL week-to-week league and knee-jerk reaction and just – you know, recency bias always use this type of language, greatest we've ever seen, and so on and so forth. And we use that for Week 18, the way it all played out from the Steelers having to wait all day to find out that the final game wasn't going to end in a tie, and it almost did, and all of that. Best weekend of football I've ever seen, and I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of them. And the numbers support it, and so do the memories that we already have from the weekend. I'm just going to go right into it. This divisional playoff weekend was off the charts, and we needed it. The super wild card weekend was anything but. What I'm about to say, remember, there were only zero second-half lead changes in the previous 17 playoff games before everything kicked off in Tennessee. And the Cincinnati Bengals showed up, folks, to kick off divisional weekend. They showed up. They showed up and they took their hits and Joe Burrow kept on slinging it. And the first big play of the weekend was Jamar Chase. What a playmaker this kid is. 57-yarder, but the Tennessee Titans defense kept on sacking Joe Burrow and kept it a game. And then sure enough, the second half hit and Derrick Henry started planting his foot and starting making some plays. And the Tennessee Titans had a shot to win this football game. Had a shot to win the football game and the last two possessions of the Tennessee Titans season will be very difficult to get out of the brain of Tennessee Titans fans. Third and inches, and all they need is a field goal to take the lead. And for some reason, Ryan Tannehill keeps it. Don't give it to Derrick Henry. No, keeps it. He gets stopped fourth down the whole free world, knows that Derrick Henry's coming, and sure enough, the Bengals stop him because he stops and starts. But the Bengals get the ball back, which meant two more sacks of Joe Burrow. Titans get the ball back. Ryan Tannehill wanting to get his team in position to kick the game-winning field goal in regulation. Throws his third interception of the day. And all Burrow has is 20 seconds left on the clock. More than enough time to find Jamar Chase one more time. And he does it. To set up 
The longest game-winning field goal as time expired in regulation in NFL playoff history. Evan McPherson, the kid with ice in his veins, the fifth-round draft choice out of Florida, splits the uprights, and the Cincinnati Bengals are back in the AFC Championship game for the first time since 1988. Joe Burrow, the first-ever first overall selection as a quarterback in the NFL to make a championship game in his first two years. That's never happened. And he becomes the first quarterback in postseason history to be sacked nine times and still win a playoff game since Hall of Famer Len Dawson was sacked Uh nine times in the 1966 AFL championship game. As the Titans fall to 0-3 all-time as the one seed. That's a long time ago. And that's the way it all started. Len Dawson, by the way, that happened in the first Chiefs-Bills playoff game of all time. We'll get to the latest in a second because there was a Saturday night game in Lambeau Field between the San Francisco 49ers, who I told you coming into the weekend, by the end of the weekend, might add another team to the list of teams wishing the Rams had finished off the 49ers in Week 18 when they could. Because the Green Bay Packers had the Niners in their house in Lambeau Field Saturday night, the Cathedral in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And the church opened up with Aaron Rodgers on an absolute roll. A 10-play, 69-yard drive that featured it all. A lot of Devontae Adams. A good amount of Aaron Jones and then rolling A.J. Dillon right downhill into the end zone. That's the way it all started for Green Bay. And then Zadarius Smith finished off a three and out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Zadarius Smith back out of the injured reserve. And he makes his presence felt right off the bat. The Niners defense on their heels again because Rodgers is on the plus side of the field again. And then Mercedes Lewis fumbles and the whole night changed. Team effort, as we'll find out in the next couple minutes, as we saw on the night, team effort. But that Mercedes Lewis fumble was huge because it stopped the steamroller from steaming and rolling and put the steamroller in the garage for the rest of the night. Even though the 49ers couldn't put points on the board. Because, how about this for a plot twist? Jimmy G was throwing dimes, and they were being dropped by everybody else, including our buddy George Kittle. How about that for a plot twist? Jimmy G comes out on fire. Everybody else wouldn't help him. Until the last drive of the first half for the Niners, and there showed up the Jimmy G that we're that 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 to be very honest with you is the reason why the next two first round draft choices of the 49ers belong somewhere else. An inexplicable, awful interception thrown in the red zone at the end of the first half, set up by Oddly enough, a holding penalty by Trent Williams. He's got a few of those, but it put the Niners off schedule and then Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception. 7-0, not enough time for Green Bay to score. With the exception of three snaps later, a 75-yarder to a wide-open Aaron Jones tied for the longest pass play of the whole weekend. And then the 49ers with their heels now against the Red zone, get a sack of Aaron Rodgers, and then a couple snaps later, a blocked field goal, end scene, 7 nothing. That's the way the first half ended. But that was what my English teacher would call a harbinger. 
problem on special teams for the Green Bay Packers because the Niners D kept on getting Rodgers off the field. And then the snow starts coming down. Just what we need. You need that snow in Lambeau Field on a playoff weekend, on a playoff night. Snow comes down less than five minutes to go in this game. And sure enough, the Green Bay Packers sack Rodgers and they get set up for a punt return. And it's a punt block with 4.50 to go. First team to have a block punt and a field goal in a playoff game since the 1988 Bills. And it ties the game with the second latest game-tying or go-ahead special teams touchdown in the NFL postseason since the Music City Miracle against the 99 Bills. That's how the game got tied. Rodgers gets the ball back, and he misses a wide-open Alan Lazard over the middle as his decision to force it into double coverage up top to Devontae Adams is something that will stick in his crawl for a long time to come because the Niners get the ball back. And on third and seven with the snow coming down and time ticking down and them not wanting to give Aaron Rodgers enough time to beat them if they don't get any points because that's what exactly what happened to them in week three after they scored points and losing to Aaron Rodgers. On third and seven, what does their coach do? But they dial up a run play to the best all-around football player in the NFL today, and I did not stutter, in Debo Samuel. They pitch it to him, and he picks up the first down in the snow and sets up his Stones field goal kicker in Robbie Gold. And for the first time since the divisional weekend of 1980, both one seeds go down on the same divisional playoff day and sets up Sunday... For two games for the right to not only advance to, but also host championship games. As Aaron Rodgers, after all of what we saw and went through, wondering what was going to happen with him, to him, for him. All season long with the Green Bay Packers, he's one and done again and becomes the first quarterback in the history of the postseason to lose to the same team in the playoffs Four times. That's never happened. And it's the team that he said he would make pay for not drafting him. These are all facts. And that sets up divisional playoff Sunday, doesn't it? Where the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, missing Tristan Wirfs, who could not go. Their all-pro right tackle couldn't go. But the Rams didn't have their all-world left tackle and Andrew Whitworth. So both teams banged up up front. And what do the Rams do with Matthew Stafford making his first career divisional playoff start? Put Tom Brady seeking his 10th consecutive divisional playoff win right behind the eight ball by hitting them with a barrage of sacks and points. Matthew Stafford came out slinging, folks. A 20-3 lead as Brady got the ball back right before the two-minute warning, and they needed points because the Rams were getting the ball to start the second half. They had to have points, and the Rams picked him off, had an opportunity to hit him with a knockout blow, and Cam Akers fumbles it inside the five. No points before the end of the first half, and that was just setting up the second half for the old axiom. That we have said over and over again, do not give Tom Brady chances ever. Just ask the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. Ever. 
because sure enough, it was a 20 to 7 to 3 lead, not 28 to 3, 27 to 3 lead that the Rams had and then kept making mistakes. Cooper Cup, of all people, fumbles it. Brady cashes it in to make it 27 to 13. Then they go three and out the Rams. Brady gets the ball back, but in comes Von Miller to save the day. Sack fumble. Yes, here come the Rams. What will they do to cash it in? Just snap it over Stafford's head. Give the ball back to Brady, who, however, turns it over on downs, not once, but twice. And the Rams have the Bucs exactly where they wanted. Would have signed for it. Up 14 with five minutes to go. Of course you're going to sign for that. Especially when you've got your Pro Bowl kicker teed up for a 47-yarder to make it a three-score game, and he hits it short? Short on a 47-yarder? Like, what is this, 1971? How does that happen? Well, Brady gets the ball back, and of all people, finds Mike Evans over, of all people, Jalen Ramsey, 55-yarder, one-score game. But the Rams, all they got to do is just run it out because in the previous possession, they made the Bucks burn all their timeouts and Cam Akers fumbles again. How does that happen? But the defense forces Brady into another fourth down. And is this the last play of the game for Brady? Last play of the season for Brady? Last play of the career for Brady? He hands it off to Leonard Fournette, who scores. On fourth and one to tie the game. Rams are reeling. 27-3 lead. Poof, gone. First play for Stafford. You're thinking, okay, here he comes now. He's going to fumble it. He's going to throw a pick and the ball's on the ground. But it's ruled not a fumble. Rams still got the ball. They recovered it anyway. And that's when Stafford finds Cooper Cup, not once but twice, on a 20-yarder. And then a 44-yarder. How does Cup get so wide open? He's only the triple crown winner in receiving. (laughs) Right? (laughs) What are we doing? But he catches it. Stafford makes the throws when the game's on the line. When the pressure's on, he makes the throws. And the Rams move on to the NFC Championship game, which they can host now against the 49ers to try and host the Super Bowl. And Matthew Stafford, who comes into the season with that reputation of not being a big game player, now in his first two career starts in the playoffs for the Rams, has two career postseason games with 300 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. The only other human being in the history of the postseason who says that they have that in the same postseason is Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of, as soon as this game ended, I honestly needed a smoke, and I don't smoke. I know. And right away. It was five minutes. We got five minutes to, like, gather ourselves before Bill's Chiefs started. And it was the epic we were hoping it would be. Hyping it up between two of the youngest, studliest quarterbacks we've seen. Is this, we were asking before the game, the beginning of a new long-standing rivalry? And we got the emphatic answer by the end of the night. Absolutely it is. Yes. The game ends 42-36. to Folks, it was 23-21 going into the fourth quarter. 
That's <laughs> the truth. And then, game on the line. Buffalo Bills are down nine, right? They got to get points out of the drive. And Josh Allen's first throw is to Gabriel Davis up top for 75 yards, which tied Aaron Jones's grab at the end of the second half of the second game of the weekend for the longest pass play of the weekend. And that's just the way things got started. Chiefs settle for a field goal after an odd third down call inside the 10-yard line where they took Mahomes away and had a backup tight end flip it out to Jarrett McKinnon on a an option play. And that leaves the door open for Josh Allen, and he walks through it with a 17-plate, 75-yard drive on which he converted three third downs, two fourth downs, and a two-pointer to Stephon Diggs that he extended for like 10 seconds after he found Gabriel Davis on a 27-yarder to go up by three, but he left a minute 54 on the clock for Mahomes, who on third and 10... With the game on the line, finds Kelsey for 11, and then two snaps later, the cheetah is loose, and he's throwing up the deuces as he hits the red zone. Thank God this wasn't called taunting, folks. All right? Honestly, I'm shocked it wasn't. Because that's all we'd be talking about today, not about the overtime rules. But Hill scored a little too fast, left a minute two on the clock for Allen, who two snaps later found Davis for 28. Then 12, three snap laters. Davis for 19, touchdown. Bills back up by three. But he left 13 seconds left on the clock. And it's the 13 seconds in Bills' playoff history that will be, with the ultimate of respect, placed next to the Music City Miracle and Scott Norwood's field goal. They don't squib it. You have to figure the amount of yards that you'd be giving Mahomes to work from in terms of field position, you have to give up those yards if it means just a few more seconds off the clock. And then of all people that you have to cover, it's Tyreek Hill and it's Travis Kelsey. And those are the two guys that Mahomes found for 19 and 25 yards respectively to set up the butt kicker for the remarkable attempt to tie it with no time left on the clock in regulation, and they did. They had the good fortune of winning the opening coin toss with both defenses gassed, and we'll talk about the whole playoff stuff in terms of overtime rules later on. But eight plays later, Travis Kelsey with a touchdown, and we saw the first game in NFL playoff history with not one, not two, but three go-ahead touchdowns in the final two minutes of regulation to wrap up the first weekend in the history of the NFL, in which all four divisional round games were won with no time remaining in regulation or in overtime. And in terms of those four such finishes, if you took those finishes of games won with no time remaining in regulation or in overtime and just placed it over an entire postseason, over every postseason in the history of the NFL, these four are the most such finishes in an entire postseason in NFL history. The four on one weekend alone, decided by a combined total of 15 points, an average margin of victory of 3.8, lowest average margin of victory in NFL playoff history in a round with at least four games. And I've never seen a round of football like this where the winners, any of them can win the Super Bowl, and the losers 
any of them could easily fire somebody from a job and it would make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Dead on. I've never seen anything like it. Dead on. One last note. The winners. (laughs) One had a quarterback sacked nine times. One didn't score an offensive touchdown, the Niners. One lost four fumbles, the Rams. And one allowed a go-ahead score with 13 seconds left on the clock. (laughs) What a weekend. What a weekend. I want to hear from you. 844-204-RICH. We're going to hear from Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague from Move the Sticks, in a moment. From the NFL Network. Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. What next for Brady? Gronk has already spoken about his future. Bruce Arians and more. He's an hour three. Overreaction Monday is lit. And, um, you know, is this the end of Rogers Day in Green Bay? What about Brady Burrow? Oh, man. Allen is sublime. Unreal. So much to discuss. Can't wait to do it. We'll take a break. Daniel Jeremiah is next right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And we're back here on Peacock, back here on Sirius XM, back here on this terrestrial radio affiliate. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show is my buddy from NFL Network, at Move the Sticks, as well as a uh, game, uh, a podcast and show by the same name with Bucky Brooks. He is Daniel Jeremiah. How are you doing, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. I, I had coffee this morning, but I'm not so sure that I really need it. I know, right? <laughs> football weekend. Great, uh, greatest weekend of football ever, correct? I, I've never seen anything like it, and my phone was blowing up from, yes. from people inside the league. Just, just everybody wanted to talk about it. I well, mean, even though it's not their team involved in it, it just was was unbelievable. Well, is there a, a moment 
uh, or a result that had your phone blown up by uh, uh, other evaluators and other um, folks in the league that you're tight with? Daniel? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the end of uh, you know end of Bills Chiefs um, it was just just blowing up, you know, <laughs> just kind of the the takeaway of just how incredible the two quarterbacks were, uh, being first and foremost, and then uh, maybe some befuddlement of how you know some of the end game stuff was done uh, from from uh, Buffalo standpoint, scheme wise, on those last two plays. That, how so? That seemed to be the one. Well, just. They were protecting, and somebody even used this exact phrase, so I want to steal it from them on, on Twitter, but they, they were protecting against the touchdown, not a field goal. And they, to me, I, I posted the play, the last one to Kelsey. Everybody knows it starts with the squib, right? You should have squibbed it, take some time off there. That's the first mistake. Um, then you get the quick, the quick pass to Tyreek Hill with two blockers. So, you know, now they're in a pretty good position. Well, now you've got eight seconds left. You, you have got to hold up, reroute, whatever you need to do with Kelsey. He's singled up over there on the, on the single side over there. And you get home with your four-man rush, but, so the ball actually has to come out quick from Mahomes, but you didn't impede Kelsey at all. So instead of, you know, if you, if you reroute him a little bit, get your hands on him at the line of scrimmage, even if it's one of your rushers, before he rushes, he just has to knock him off his route a little bit he's not going to be able to travel that same amount of distance to make that such a makeable kick. Um, but they gave him a free pass, and he even said it after the game. Kelsey said, look, they're soft and off. You know, so they're soft and off. I've got a free run at it, so I'm just going to run to the seam. And wasn't even the play that was called, but him and Mahomes were on the same page, and Mahomes put it right on him. They just they made that way too easy for Patrick Mahomes uh, at the end of the game. Well, I mean, it, it, and, and this is something I'm, I'm going to delve in a little bit more later on. For for Bills fans, um, it, it's tough to take. But the the silver lining—it's not even a silver lining. It's the whole damn sky being blue, <laughs> right? That 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 when we were sitting on that set uh, on that on that draft night in Dallas, right, the, where Mayfield goes first and then Donald goes second, Allen third, Rosen, and then uh, Lamar last. If I had told you that one of those quarterbacks was going to be the one that will lock horns with Mahomes for the rest of their careers, you know, obviously Mahomes wasn't Mahomes yet, but let's just say somebody's going to be locking horns with another young yeah. stud quarterback. Would you have chosen Allen for that point in time? I, I think I remember during that draft, I, know, I, was, I should have had him up higher, obviously, as everybody should have. But I remember distinctly saying the potential that he had was different than everybody else. And, I mean, Mahomes was kind of the comparison for him coming out, mm -hmm. if you remember going back to that year, just because, okay, he was a little bit raw. He wasn't fully cooked. Um, but, man, the upside, you can dream on the upside for him. And, and he's gotten there. And I think, I think that's something that's a great discussion point with those two quarterbacks to look at that game. I don't think we've ever seen quarterbacking at that high of a level with two guys. I've never seen it in my lifetime at that level for those two guys. They were, I mean, they were, I think they each rushed for like 70 yards uh, on top of everything else that they did. It was just two unicorns going at it. But I think if you take a step back, Rich, as great as they are, those guys did not enter the league as what you see right now. Those guys, Patrick Mahomes, they waited a year for him to train him up and get him ready to go. Josh Allen struggled mightily early on. Um, but what they did is they gave him some consistency, some continuity. Um, they had guys around him that knew what they were doing. They loaded up with playmakers around him. And man, and, and those guys put in the work, but the talent has come out of these guys. They didn't arrive as these finished products. There's been a lot that's gone into that. And I think you look around the league and see some of these other organizations where they're changing coaches every year or two, and these poor young quarterbacks don't have a stinking chance. 
Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I'll ask you the fill in the blank question. I don't usually go this style, but I'll do it. Uh, the Green Bay Packers got one and done this year because you finish it. Why? Um, well, I, I'm going to need two words because okay. I'm going to need spe- special and teams. I'm going to need both. I <laughs> was mm. that was the game. I mean, it, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm happy for him. That's great. It's a cool story. But he didn't do anything. They scored three points offensively. That was, you know, and, and people say Rodgers, well, you know what, that, that's, I, I like to see all the people that have played in that type of weather, how, how easy it is to, uh, to to play quarterback in that in that position that, that they're in in that weather. It came down to the special teams, and they were, it was so lopsided in that game, um, and they stunk the whole year. I mean, I guess we, we probably should have seen that coming, but I'm fascinated with Rodgers going forward, Rich, because here, here's a question for you. Yep. If you gave Aaron Rodgers the choice before that game and said, okay, you can play the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco or you can play them in Green Bay, I contend he would have chosen to play that game in San Francisco. <laughs> Their team's built for San Francisco. San Francisco's team's built for Green Bay. Like right. it's, it, it's, it's kind of a problem that they've been running into. Bucky gave us a stat on our production meeting this morning. I think Packers are like 7-7 seven and seven in the last 14 home games at Lambeau Field where they used to never lose there. They've built a passing team around an MVP passing quarterback, and your reward for having the best individual season and the best team season is that you get to play your games in an environment that doesn't fit your team. So is that a good – that's a good Kunst problem? You know, and, uh, you know, Rodgers, in your estimation, doesn't hold any of this bag? Daniel? No, I mean, no. I mean, look, he didn't play well. I, I, absolutely, he did not, you know, he held the ball in the sacks. You can go back and watch him. Some of them, he could have got the ball out and, mm-hmm. and done some things differently. I just think it's a, I think Aaron Rodgers, if people say Aaron Rodgers is going to try and leave Green Bay, I think it'll get framed as Aaron Rodgers is trying to get away from Brian Gutekinds, is trying to get away from the Green Bay Packers. In my opinion, I think he'd be trying to get the heck out of that weather. Hmm. So where do you think his best fit is? Pittsburgh plays in that sort of weather. Denver's not like you know the beach, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Dolphins. I mean, would he really think that that's the best way? Because he said he doesn't want to be part of any rebuild. You know what I'm saying? No, but so. I don't know wherever Aaron Rodgers goes that it's a rebuild. You know, um, I, I think Tom Brady kind of proved that too, right? You know, you drop in a superstar quarterback. I mean, look at the Cincinnati Bengals. They went from having the first pick in the draft to being in a in in conference championship game. That's what, a, that's what a premier quarterback can do for your team. Daniel Jeremiah uh, but, here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Daniel Jeremiah yeah, here. No, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fascinating, Rich. I, I don't know where the perfect spot is for him. I don't know. I know a couple people in the league called me and said, oh, wait a second. Is Brady going to retire and somehow Tampa's going to end up with Rodgers? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I didn't even think wow. about that. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know if Green Bay is trading him with it to Tampa Bay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, because again, it's not free agency. It's not like, again, we have to remember Rodgers does not have the same freedom of choice that Brady did, you know, uh, a couple of years ago. Can I do do you a favor, though, Rich, just from a branding radio standpoint? Yes, sir. You're on Baywatch. Hey, now. Mm hmm. That makes me the Hasselhoff of this, correct? <laughs> Not the Samuel Anderson, I can tell you that. Oh, very good. Yeah. Daniel Jeremiah here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, wh- why? What is, you know, I guess uh, uh, when it's all said and done, uh, Bengals were right to take Chase instead of Panay Sewell. That was something we were talking about at length in Cleveland yeah. last year. Yeah, right? Yeah, and that's, look, I've got plenty of them wrong. We could spend hours and hours going over that, but. 
that one was uh, was one we had talked about, and I think we were right on in terms of that he's just such a special player and take the best available player. And then that, that draft was pretty deep in the offensive line. Now, I don't know if they necessarily picked the right offensive lineman with that second-round pick in Jackson Carmen, uh, but the theory is right. And, man, that kid is he's unbelievable. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. And you go back and look at that. I went back and, you know, you kind of look at that previous game they had against the Chiefs. What do you have? I think he had 260-something yards uh, against them. So we'll see that rematch. And the last image I have of the of the Chiefs' pass defense is Gabriel Davis uh, parking uh, Hughes on his backside without touching him. So th- that's going to be a fascinating game. If the Bengals' pass protection, which was awful and has been awful for a little while now, if they can hold up, um, you know, Burrow has another, another big game. But, man, that is that game is going to be decided solely on that offensive line, how they play, to give him time to get the ball to chase because they can't cover those wide receivers if Burrow has a little time. Why is Burrow that good? this good so quickly, do you think? Oh, he's, I, I think it's – I think he – you know, he talked about three T's in quarterbacks with, you know, poise, accuracy, decision-making. I think he's he's off the charts in those three areas. And I don't know that I've seen – I, don't, I can't – I'm racking my brain trying to think of one. You can say, okay, you've seen more talented quarterback in the NFL. I don't think I've ever seen a more confident quarterback at this age. It's, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of confidence this kid plays with. You're not talking about his glasses choice by after after the game either, right? Old choice, Cotton, but I'm okay with that. I mean, that just – that kind of speaks to that. Yeah, I, you know, and, and it is um... – a thought here that I have, and I will ask it, even though this is kind of sports talk radio, but we're on it right now, that this weekend showed, certainly with Stafford doing something that the the Rams were hoping he could do, and boy, has he done it, right? Um, and we saw Mahomes and Allen go at it, and Jimmy G did win a playoff game, even though he didn't have an offensive touchdown, beating the maybe MVP of the league, but um, <clears throat> that Burrow's performance showed as well that you need to have somebody very special at quarterback to not only win now, but for a sustained amount of time. Is Tannehill the right guy in Tennessee? Do you think they're going to make some choices on that front in Tennessee think, this year? I think there's a lot of guys that don't necessarily pass the confetti test, Rich, where I just I can't envision the confetti falling on their shoulders. I, I've kind of said you know, what we've been saying for a while now, for the last month or so, on our podcast, I said, look, you need with the with the collection of stud quarterbacks we have in the league right now, you got to have one to have a chance. Or it's either there's one caveat: you can have Kyle Shanahan as your play caller with a you know Hall of Fame left tackle, Hall of Fame tight end, you know one of the best receivers in the NFL, you know potentially Hall of Fame defensive end, Hall of Fame linebacker. I mean, if you want to have a roster that good and you have Kyle Shanahan calling plays, then, then maybe that's the exception. But outside of that, you've got to have one of those dudes. That's why I think. This was like a temperature check for the rest of the league, it's particularly the AFC. And if you went to bed, if you went to bed after that game last night and you weren't the general manager of those two teams that played, or, or if you weren't in Cincinnati or if you weren't Tom Telesco with Justin Herbert, man, I don't know that you slept very well. <laughs> I love it. Are there any kids this year that have that ability? What do you think? Or this is not the year for it? No, I don't think? think so, you know, but one of the things is is uh, you watch that, and I'm sitting here going, okay, you know, I've got a long time to sort all these guys out. But Malik Willis from Liberty is a kid who is really, really, really raw. Didn't have a lot around him. And you can find some real, you know, some bad tape late in the year, and you you can kind of be a little bit down on him. And then you watch these games, and you're like, but I don't know, man. This guy's got – he's a great athlete. He has got a huge arm. He kind of flashes some of those plays. 
there's a risk involved, no doubt, but man, um, at least you've got the hope you can dream on what he can be. Um, I think that's going to help him through the draft process. So now that you see the um, the final four here, it's amazing, man. You know, Mahomes is the OG, right? I mean, he's the one who's got four straight starts in the in the championship game to start his career. And Brady and Rodgers are out for the first time since 2009 of a, of a championship round. And, and Mahomes is the OG. Stafford um, and Burrow on opposite ends, of, I guess, the, the experience record overall making their first starts. And Jimmy G, his second start after everything that happened with Trey Lance. Um, what do you think with the final four? Daniel, I'll give you the floor here. Yeah, I think health, I really think health is going to be a big part of this thing, you know, especially in that Rams 49er game. You know, you look at what the Rams did with Tristan Wirfs out of the lineup. Um, they just overwhelmed them with that, with that pass rush. And, you know, I just kind of said it when the Von Miller trade was made, you know, don't even look at Von Miller in the regular season. He knows, he knows how many bullets he has left in his gun. He's going to save those for, for the playoffs. And sure enough, you've seen him really dial it up. So if Trent Williams is not healthy, uh, for the 49ers, that is a huge loss. Um, so keeping an eye on that one in that game. And then you go over to the other game. Um, you know, again, I just kind of come down to that, to that offensive line, you know, for, for Kansas City or for, uh, for Cincinnati, how well they can play. <laughs> I know Mahomes is, Mahomes is going to go up and down the field. They're going to score points. Um, and I, I do feel like in, in giving Josh Allen his flowers for how incredible he was in that game, I almost feel like, man, we need to make sure in the same breath, just appreciate that Mahomes, I mean, holy cow, it's, he's just unbelievable, man. Yeah, and, and, and Burrow, though, has a chance to do something very special here, right? I mean, how many times he's put his card down on the table now twice in his first two career playoff starts, and the fact that he took nine shots like that and other shots, but, <laughs> you know, and he kept firing away, and he still had over 300 yards passing. You know, yeah. just I guess last one for you for the for the Bengals fans out there. The scheme. I mean, you know, it, what did you think? I mean, there th- didn't seem to be a lot of hot routes and things like that. Do you think that we might see a different game plan going into the AFC Championship game there, Daniel? Well, uh, I watched I watched it this morning, Rich. Okay. If it was just if it was just one if it was just one guy, I could say, okay, we got to help him out. Um, I mean, that Tennessee Titans front is is Super really? Bowl caliber. That wasn't their issue. But, I mean, they. They whip them up and down the line of scrimmage, so um, that that's that's going to be tough for them to solve with with some type of a scheme. I mean, um, that that's going to be the concern. The only thing I would I would say there, if you were going to print shirts off of that Bengals Titans game, Rich, is uh, sacks are cool, turnovers are cooler. Um, so <laughs> three three interceptions trumps nine sacks. So that's the incredible thing is that Burrow had the one pick, but for the most part. Under that type of pressure, he did a good job of protecting the football. Daniel, thanks for the time. You're the best. Let's do this again real soon. I'll see you, I guess, Sunday. I saw you on the, that uh, that huge promo shot of 15 people in studio on Sunday. So I'll see you for game yeah. day morning, six the hours. One, the, one where, the one where Clayus Campbell looks like he's 15 feet tall. He's yeah. right behind you, right? He makes you look yeah. smaller. Yeah, that's yeah okay. thanks a lot. Okay, very good, Daniel. I'll, 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 look, I, I'll, uh, I'll run that up the flagpole. We'll, we'll, get you, we'll get you a little better help. Thanks for the call. Thank you. You bet. See you, bud. You bet. At Move the Sticks, great Daniel Jeremiah. Ryan Tannehill was the only player on Saturday to throw a touchdown pass. And it was an incredible pass. The Titans have to be sitting there saying, we, have, we were all over him. Derrick Henry came back. He looked over. I know Foreman looks like Mini Henry. Foreman looks like Mini. I know, you know what I mean? And and AJ Brown had a game.
Imagine if Titans had Brady. Not a key. Doesn't pass the confetti test. How about that one? I like that. Doesn't pass the confetti test. I've not heard that one before. 844-204-RICH. Some of your phone calls when we come back. I'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and his season. That's coming up next. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. All right. You know what? Back you're, here you, on the Rich Eisen Show. You're close week. to being tossed. I'm going to let you know. Like, I, I let you in, but now, you know. Okay. Now I got now I got my guys walking. Keeping an eye on Eisen in the corner. If you're on hold, stand hold. We'll take your calls in a second here. As you know, I always talk about uh, season-long storyline mm-hmm. arcs and week-to-week storyline arcs and their storylines within a game, obviously. That's why the NFL is a narrative-generating machine. It is unlike any other sport, okay? So the season-long storyline arc this year, without a doubt, you know, one of them we see playing out still. Matthew Stafford was the first acquisition of the uh, non-playing season. The Rams saying, you know... Here's our starting quarterback and his huge contract and a couple of first-round picks. We'll take your guy that's never really done much in the playoffs, and we will hope to improve. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder if Jared Goff would have won that game yesterday. I okay. thought about that all game. You got to—you you really have to sit there and think that. And then, you know, um, you know, <clears throat> another one that we've been following all year long came out of nowhere on draft day when Adam Schefter reported that Aaron Rodgers has told the Packers he's done playing for them. I mean, it took over the entire draft and then took over the entire non-playing season, took it all over, including, you know, uh, a great round of golf with Brady and Rodgers and Phil and and, uh, Bryson DeChambeau and beautiful big sky country. I mean, everything he did, everywhere he went, every appearance he made, that's all it was talked about. And the fact that he did come back and that he did play and he did play at a Hall of Fame status and MVP status and wound up winning as many regular season games as he did the two previous years and getting the one seed back again 
and then not even advancing as far as last year is a shocker. Unless you sit there and think, well, Aaron Rodgers is 7-9 and nine in the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl. And that, you know, he's a, a quarterback of note during the regular season and then in the postseason, pedestrian. Numbers support that. The eye test doesn't. It doesn't. But just weird things seem to keep happening to the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. And now I I cannot believe I'm sitting here and saying that Rodgers got one and done by a team that didn't even put an offensive touchdown on the board. <laughs> and he's got to sit there and think, what next? They're over the cap, insanely over the cap. Will they be able to keep him? Would he want to stay? And you you know, the whole conversation all year long was, this is the best place for him to win. Where else is he going to go where he's got a better chance to win? And then they have that better chance to win, and it's time to cash it in, and they don't even get more than one touchdown. And the setup is there. It's your cathedral. It's your fans that are chanting MVP for you. It's your building. It's the weather that we all come to know and love there. And they lost. He missed some throws. He didn't play well. The special teams let him down. And the one thing he's also going to have to sit here too, and this is part of his season as well, there was a large part of his fan base, maybe not the full part of it, but a- enough of one, whose fandom he had in their ba- his back pocket forevermore. And he took it out and he incinerated it. Incinerated it. Because as he has said quite a bit, he wanted to speak his mind and this is what he wants to speak about and then spoke about things that had nothing to do with sports that if Colin Kaepernick had said, he would be excommunicated. Facts. Stick to sports, Aaron. Kaepernick called the White House fake. I mean, nonstop. Things that you've never heard out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth before and if he believes it, it is his right to say it. Absolutely. But he also has to take the reaping from the sowing. That has to come. And it's not cancellation. It's not cancellation. It's called consequence. Because I, 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 I don't know how anybody can say they've been canceled when they can appear on any show they want, including this one. So... This is part of what Aaron Rodgers' season eventually winds, winds up with. Part of his fan base that just can't believe what they saw on the field and part of his fan base that can't believe what was coming out of his mouth off the field. And um, one thing in terms of the cancellation, <laughs> there will be multiple football teams tripping over themselves to try and acquire him if he is in fact available for them. Oh, he's going to be available. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I, I kind of feel... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that if I had to choose between the two, you gave me a what's more likely if they both lose this weekend and, and they, they, in fact, both did. lost this weekend. What's more likely, you ask me, if both Rodgers and Brady lose, who's more likely to return to their team? And I said Brady. And they both lost 
And both said they're going to take some time. Both said they want to take some time and think about it. Totally understandable. And I thought Rodgers handled those questions with aplomb, as he frequently does. Thoughtful and saying, I'm going to think about it. I can't. This is first blush. Kind of surprised about it. Kind of shocked. Took some responsibility for it himself, even though the special teams were a complete unmitigated disaster. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I got that sense that Rodgers is, is done in Green Bay. And interestingly enough, you know, as the one seed in a divisional round of a snowy, cold night in Lambeau Field, just like Favre. Unbelievable how their careers have played out. Similar fashion. Similar fashion, you know, including only one Super Bowl win for each. How does that happen? The most successful handoff in the history of NFL quarterbacking from goat to goat. Only one Super Bowl for both. Your phone calls and more, hour number two on The Rich Eisen Show. 